Blog Talk Radio. Oh, my God. 
morning, good morning. I want to wish everyone a very sacred and blessed Sacred Sundays. And um, the opening music was by Save Vocal Group from the CD Made of Angels by Sade. Uh, it's spelled S-A-V-A-E, and you can get it from S-A-V-A-E dot com, oh, dot org. And they have a phone number where you can reach them. They have live shows on of extraordinary religious music that's mixed in with Native American instruments and then Gregorian chants. It's quite an interesting mix. Anyway, you can call them to receive their CDs and everything else. And more information at 210-573-6335. I'm your host, Reverend Sean McCain. I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday is created to provide an open-minded platform that focuses on the tenet that Sunday is a special day to set apart some time for spiritual focus and prayer. All faiths are welcome. I'm a Christian in recovery, and now all Bible readings will be out of the Ryrie Study Bible. And you may, of course, use any Bible you wish. There's also an online resource, uh, biblia.com, and you can read uh, right where we're reading it just through the Internet. And uh, I, I personally have had many spiritual experiences, and in faith and gratitude, I do this Sunday morning a little Bible study just so that uh, we may remember the word and uh, keep learning and keep going as we get older and closer to reaching our Heavenly Father. Uh, this, this way we um, you know, keep up on what we're supposed to be learning uh, and have a discussion about you know, spiritual experiences. So if you want to call in later after the first part of the service, you can call in and call, talk to us at 619-924-9744. Of course, we are every Sunday at 11 a.m. Okay, let's do the opening prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever on them. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now we pray for all Christians being persecuted in the world, worldwide. Their freedom to worship and their lives are in jeopardy. Please, God, send your mighty angel, Archangel Michael, to fight against evil and protect them and all your angels to watch over everyone, every, anybody who's suffering in every corner of the earth. Our prayers go out to all those who suffer in the world, including the poor animals who can't speak for themselves. We also pray for the wisdom of our presidents and leadership that they need, they need, they are appointed by God and they really need to make uh, good decisions on all of our behalf. And we also pray, dear Heavenly Father, to help us lower the pain of the world and the suffering. As we all know that we have suffering in many ways and some that are in poverty and don't have any food, that others be generous and generous of heart and mind. And that God protect and care for all the little children that are coming over the border right now from Mexico and all other countries where their poor children are running and running and there's no safe anymore. Sometimes their parents aren't even alive anymore. And I thank you, God, and I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to keep all your families and whether you're ill or so you know somebody ill or you have big decisions to make um, or living in fear from one reason or another, I ask in Jesus' name that you be healed and have some comfort. And God bless you and everything. And I also have some birthdays today. I have a lot of birthdays, as a matter of fact. 
Andy Bill, happy birthday. Joe Cohen, Stacy Smith Carroll, Norman McFadden, my friend who moved up north. Christy Ingersoll, Robert Wood, Shiz King, Anita Rothenberg, Mike Ferris, Rosa Silver. We wish all of you very, very, very happy birthday and be blessed. And I hope your wishes and your heart's desires come true. And also a very special day for my friends in Louisiana, William and Jen, have just been baptized this morning. So with the grace of God and God bless all of them. And they've been sealed into heaven, our Heavenly Father now, and are baptized. And I wish everyone a happy birthday and also a very happy and special day for William and Jen. And God bless you guys in Louisiana. I miss you guys. And then uh, if you do have a prayer request, remember you can always call me. 619-924-9744. Last week's reading uh, was very disturbing, but it is the facts of what happened uh, in Jesus being held on trial and he was actually crucified upon the cross. And um, then it, it, today, you know, we're going to be talking about chapter 20, the resurrection of the Son of God, and then we're going to also be reading from my book today. So uh, I'm going to give you time to turn to your... Bible, chapter 20. Let's see. And remember, you can also get a resource online. If you don't have a Bible, it's www.biblia.com. So we're reading in John, chapter 20. We're slowly but surely, week by week, making our way through the Gospels. And uh, let me see. Then we're going to be finished with the Gospels in a few short weeks, and then we're going to go on to the rest of the Bible. And I'm looking forward to Acts, too, and I'm very excited about that. And then we'll make our way to Revelation. So, anyway, so hang in there. We'll keep doing it, and pretty soon we'll have all of the Old Testament, I mean, the New Testament read, and then we're going to move on to the Old Testament. Okay, John chapter 20, the resurrection of the Son of God. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene, came early to the tomb, and while it was still dark, and saw the tomb already taken away, the stone already taken away from the tomb. So she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciples from whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb. We do not know where they have laid him. So Peter and the other disciple went forth, and they were going to the tomb. The two were running together, and the other disciple ran ahead faster than Peter and came to the tomb first. And stooping and looking in, he saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he could not go in. So Simon Peter also came, following him, and entered the tomb, and he saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the face cloth which had been on his head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in the place by itself. So the other disciple who had come first, and you know, I love that description. When you're reading that, you can just see what it looked like in the tomb, and then the face cloth set aside and rolled up. So the other, we're on eight now. So the other disciple who had first come to the tomb when they also entered, and he saw and believed. As for as yet, they did not understand the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. The appearances of the risen Lord to Mary Magdalene. So the disciples went away again to their own homes. But Mary was standing outside the tomb weeping, and so as she wept, she stooped and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and one at the feet, where the body of Jesus had been laying. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, 
because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. and did not know it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned around and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Stop clinging to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I ascended to my Father and your Father and my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came announcing to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her, to the disciple Thomas, in absence. So when it was evening on that day, in the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut, where the disciples were, for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. But Thomas, the one with the twelve, called Diamus, was not with them when Jesus. So the other disciples were saying to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see his hands and the imprint of the nails, and put my finger into the place of the nails, and, out, and put my hand into the side, I will not believe. To the disciples, Thomas present. After eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, and the doors having been shut, and stood in the midst. He said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach here with your finger, and see my hands, and reach here with your hand, and put it into my side. And do not be unbelieving, but believing. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord, my God, Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, have you believed? Blessed are those who do not see me and yet believe. Therefore, many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. Wow, I'm just giving a chill. But these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ and the Son of God, and that believing you may have his name. It's it's just so beautiful and thrilling. I mean, I had the chills all the way through this, just reading this. And he says here, Therefore, many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you, and that believing you may have his name. They have life in his name. Hmm. Let's go back and read the notes now. So, 20, chapter, verse 1. The order of Christ's appearances after the resurrection seems to be as follows. To Mary Magdalene and the other woman, then to Peter, probably in the afternoon, then the disciples on the Emmanuel's road towards evening, and then the to the disciples except Thomas in the upper room, to the disciples including Thomas on the next Sunday night, and to seven disciples besides the Sea of Galilee, 
to the apostles of more than 500 brothers in James, the Lord's half-brother, to those who were witness to dissension, and then 20 to 5 saw the linen wrappings lying. If the body had been stolen, the thieves would not have taken time to unwrap it. But even if they had, the wrappings would have been strewn around the tomb, not lying in perfect order as they were. And then uh, verse 20:17, stop clinging to me. In order to restrain me, that would be inappropriate because of the new relationship with the resurrected Lord. And then uh, the Jews are talking about Jewish authority. And 21 is another great verse to the mission of the church. So let's read the 20. Let's read 21 again. So Jesus said to them, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, and I also send you. Okay, then receiving the Holy Spirit, 2022. You know, this is profound, and I really don't recall reading this before. It says, This is the filling of the Spirit for the power until the regularized relationship of the Spirit began at Pentecost. So we see, so this is what happened. So uh, John 20, 20, verse 22, and then he said this. He breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained so profound because I've never really understood. I've understood it all. I've read it a million times. But sometimes when you read it again, it just kind of sinks in. And uh, so Jesus breathed on them and made them the gift of the Holy Spirit that they could forgive sins and they also could retain sins. I think retaining sins meaning if you've been so bad that you just said, okay, you want to sin, keep sinning. I think that's what that means. So on, on 2023, have been forgiven, have retained. Since only God can forgive sins, the disciples in the church were given the authority to declare what God does when a man accepts or rejects his son. And then in verse 2028, 20, my Lord, my God, Thomas, the doubter, finally recognized the full deity of Jesus Christ. This marks the climax of John's gospel. The Lord had claimed deity throughout his ministry. Notice the names of deity he uses. The attributes of the deity that he claimed holiness, omnipotence, omnipresence, omniscience, the things that he claimed to be able to do that God only can do, raise the dead. And John selected only seven of the many miracles. The 35 specific ones are recorded. Uh, then there's a chart that goes along with this. That's special signs so that people would believe. So here he uh, says seven of those miracles, and then uh, there was 35 specific ones, and I'm sure there was thousands of more. So this, the Galilee fishing boat, you remember they were out there, and then uh, that's it. No, that was in it for the next time. So... Next time we're going to be reading in uh, 21, and uh, it's it's just the most incredible uh, thing we just read. I just have to let that process in. And uh, she's just started reading our book. This is what we're supposed to be doing and how much we learn and, uh, you know, how much it empowers us. And it's just being, you know, nothing like getting the beautiful truth of our Savior and how he is saving us and, 
uh, just just amazing to me, and just so I'm just excited, and it's a beautiful thing to be excited by reading the Bible, isn't it? And um, thank you all for listening to that part, and uh, uh, just remember to keep uh, reading your Bibles, and and you know never never let go of what your belief system is if you believe in love and kindness and. Uh, protection from your Heavenly Father. It's really true. And uh, I've experienced many things, and I can tell you that it's all true. So please read your Bibles. So let's go on to reading. Um, I picked a couple of stories out of my book, Worship, Worth, and Worship. And um, this first one I call From Something something to Nothing. And it's how do we come from nothing to, to into being? How can it be that we came into this existence at this time in history? God wills it to be so. From a child, I knew this was a special time to be born. I would often wonder, why here and not there? As far as I knew, I didn't earn my place of birth of a date. When I learned to write, I remember sitting at my desk at school and being astounded at the date on my schoolwork. Even then, I would wonder at God's placement of people, time, and events. We were chosen from the beginning to be here now. In a time of our greatest scientific endeavors, we can feel alienated and distracted, worried. Now it is time to focus on our salvation and what it means to be a child of God. We must learn to depend on his love for us. We must depend on what the Bible tells us. Faith is something alive and real. We must stand on it as as much of it was solid stone. There is a great effort in knowing God has this worked out for the ultimate good. We become aware of his layers of being and reality God has made for us, whether it be the cellular, terrestrial, or celestial, layers of consciousness and awareness. God has created such a varied and complex world for us. There must be a wondrous reason for it. Some of us have tapped into this great reality, and we hear about them in stories that are passed on to us. The saints and mystics and everyday people sent into ecstasy at the mere glimpse of beyond this veil. There are those who think that there is nothing but what we see with our unfocused eyes. This is much like saying we are in a two-dimensional world, that this is it. If that were so, why would our hearts yearn for more? God is the only original creator. Only he created something from nothing. Everything else is cloned, spliced, and grafted from the original starter. He is the image of God and the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things are created both in the heavens and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers of authority, all things have been created for him and by him, and he is there for all things, and in him all things hold together. And that's from Colossians 1, 15-17. Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. First Peter four nineteen. So this next little story I call making a pit stop. In our ongoing development process called life, once in a while, we should check ourselves. Just like we get a yearly physical, we should get a regular mental and emotional. It would be prudent to take advantage of the many resources available to us, whether it be a priest, therapist, doctor, mentor, rabbi, or fearless friend. We need to go to someone we can trust to be honest with. It should be someone we can be honest with and totally be ourselves. We should make a habit of it, say, every two years. We can easily get caught up in the world around us and begin to believe the peer pressure and general disadvantageous consensus. 
we need to reconfirm our goals and our foremost objectives, that this is to serve the Lord and others in the best of our ability. In the push and pull of everyday life, we can choose sight, lose sight of our real and spiritual life. We might be struggling with ourselves, which may be unnecessary. It doesn't matter what our station in life is. We don't have all the answers. We need each other. We wouldn't last long without the benefit of others in one way or another. Reaching out helps us. It may even help the person we reach out to. Just consider it a pit stop, stopping in, getting our tires checked, being refueled, then pushed out into the world once again. And here's a Bible studies that goes along with it. Where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in abundance there of counselors, there is victory. That's Proverbs 11:14. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. And the effective prayer of a righteous man much accomplishes much. That's James 5:16. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. That's Isaiah 9:16. And then I'm going to read one more story as we get ready to close for the morning. Okay, this one I call to stop wanting. At a lecture given by Father William Wilson at the Mary and Joseph Retreat Convent in Palos Verdes, California, I heard something that had a profound impact on me. Having compulsions of various degrees and kind, these statements stood out for me. Addiction is a disease of humanness. It involves the totality of the person. A free man can say yes or no, and an addicted person cannot. I can't stop wanting and can never stop wanting if I wanted to. What makes this exist is self-will. We want it all, now. I actually used to wear a button in my early recovery years that said, I want it all. We think we know what we need. We think we know what is good for us. We think we have it all under control or may have it under control by tomorrow. We look at people in horror when they ask us to just stop wanting what we want. They just don't realize that we have a kind of disease reverse thinking that, some time ago, replaced normal thinking. That is, if we were ever thinking normally in the first place, how do we get to the real us? We have been liars and pretenders. Once damaged, how do we get undamaged? How can we possibly think of a way out of our problems with the brain and thinking patterns that we have possessed most, if not all, of our lives? We must surrender. The big book of Alcoholics Anonymous says, no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. In the same chapter, chapter 5, it's the same chapter that goes on to say, God couldn't and would if he was sought. Dr. Robert Smith, the co-founder of AA, and Dr. Bob of the big book, is quoted in the same book saying, it is more of a moral or spiritual illness than it is a physical one. So if we are spiritually sick and we don't take that too easily, all of our problems of desire and emptiness are stem from not asking God what his will is for us. Every time I, and in everything we have to ask his will, we cannot leave some things out that we think, there's that word again, we are able to handle on our own. Then that's back on our own self-will again. We will not be perfect. We can only hope for progress each day. In St. Augustine's Confessions, there was a line I always remember. But we were carried away by custom to our own undoing, and it is hard to struggle against the stream. Will this torrent ever dry up? That's page 36 uh, in my 1961 version. That's the last line made me chuckle with identification. 
We ask this question like an exasperated child, yet we ourselves are the source of the problem. God help us, because we need it. Amen. But that which I am doing, I do not understand, for I am not practicing what I would like to do. But I am doing the very thing I hate, wretched man that I am. Who will set me free from the body of this death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, on one hand, I myself, with my mind, am serving the law of God, but on the other, with my flesh, the law of sin. There, there is therefore no now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Jesus Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. And that's Romans 7. Didn't it sound like it was from... Uh, it was actually from the saints, but actually it's from Romans. Kind of amazing. Romans 7, 1, 24 through 25. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That's John 8:32. And if therefore the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. One of my favorite sayings. That's John 8, 36. And I hope you enjoyed the readings today. Uh, I, I really did. It's been very exciting to read through the Word of God and how blessed we are that we do have something that God left us and Jesus left us behind the Holy Spirit to help us and all these readings and his word, and uh, I feel truly blessed by that. So in our tradition, we close out by saying the serenity prayer. So after a moment of silent meditation, for those out there that may be still sick and hurting, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Thank you for joining us on Sacred Sunday. Please come back next week and bring your friends and have everybody listening. And I appreciate my listeners very, very much. And God bless you in every way. In closing, may God bless and keep you in his loving arms that you may have your strength to face whatever is ahead. Remember, you're never alone. God loves you. I love you. And may your best dreams come true and true love live in your heart. Remember, you can message me if you have any concerns or requests for prayers or you need to discuss something. Bye, my friends. Happy trails to you. God bless you. God bless you.
Let's go. 